Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, joined as always by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer at the Herald. Anthony, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, better than the Heat. Yeah. Uh, so I'm up in Lakeland right now, actually, uh, for high school basketball state tournaments. This week's girls, but next week maybe I'll see some some future Heat top five picks with uh, <laughs> U School and Vernon Carey and, and Scotty Barnes are all on the floor. Um, but hey. yeah, since I've been gone, I, I was actually there Saturday for you know that blowout loss to Detroit, and we were talking after the game that. Uh, it kind of felt like rock bottom for the Heat, and now things have gotten really dark. Um, with that loss to Phoenix last night, still just a, a game and a half out of the playoffs, but uh, it's starting to feel less and less likely by the day uh, at this point for for the Heat to get into the postseason. Um, is this is this rock bottom even more so than the Detroit game, or you you leave that even more encouraged, discouraged probably about the Heat than you did after that blowout against Detroit, right? Look, I mean, there's still a game and a half out of the playoffs, so we have to keep this in yeah, it's crazy. perspective. It's kind of crazy, yeah. It just shows you kind of how bad the East is this year. But they're a game and a half out of the playoffs, so it's not, you know, it's not impossible. Not it's actually yeah. very, it's very possible they can still make the playoffs. But the way they've been playing, you know, losing 9 of 11, you lose, they've lost six straight home games now. They haven't won a home game since January 12th. Like, that's not the makings of a playoff team. You know, like that that's just that's not a good sign. Um, they lose against Phoenix on on Monday night, the team with the league's worst record. They had lost seventeen in a row. Phoenix comes in here in a game that he needed. Like it's not like that he can give these games away at this point. Like they needed this game and they couldn't get it. That's just not good. I think, you know, and a lot of people point to the offense, the Heat's offense, like their struggles and the Heat's offense has not been good this year. It's been one of the league's worst actually. But defensively, I think that's really where the Heat have kind of slipped recently. Um, last two games against Detroit, the Pistons shot 52%. Last night, the Suns shot 50%. I think in the second half, they scored over 70 points and, and shot 60%. So that's just not a recipe for success for the Heat. Um, Miami's 0-11 this season when teams shoot better than 50% against them, which, as you can see, is not a recipe for success. They need their defense to win games, and it just hasn't been there lately. So... Yes, there's still time to time to turn things around. They still have a bunch of home games coming up over the next few weeks, but man, time is slipping away. Yeah, I always think of Dwayne Wade earlier this year. I don't remember what game it was after, but maybe it was that kind of after. I want to say it was like maybe in January after that December run at West, where they had kind of figured things out, and you know they they've, they've struggled at home all year, uh, so they lost back at home. And, and Dwayne Wade said something along the lines of like, "The way we play, it's not easy." Like it's very small margin for error with this team. They rely so heavily on their defense, which is so hard to do um, in the mm-hmm. NBA today. And I think particularly early in the year, it's, it's what hurt them from getting off to a good start with all the rule changes when the offense was really up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about how this Heat team, they play so many close games because they can play with everyone, but they can lose to anyone. And I think it's just because the, you know, the defense – has to be not perfect, but pretty close to perfect. If you can't win any games where, where a team shoots better than 50% against you, that's tough. I mean, <laughs> the, with yeah. the way scoring is in the league today, um, you know, it's not a recipe for success. You know, the Heat are kind of like an old school team trying to play in this style. And, 
it seems like it's finally, you know, they'll still probably win some games this year against good teams, you know, because they've done it all year. And, you know, I feel like every time we come on here to talk about how the season's over, they put together a, a couple impressive wins. They're going to be um, going to stay in Houston. Yeah, they'll next. be exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's still at this point, you, you just can't give these games away. You can, you know, you can, you can even excuse the losses to to an extent to like Detroit and you know Orlando. Okay. Those those other yes. teams in their their they're in the same kind of range as them because you can make up for the because the Heat has actually done a pretty good job making up for some of those losses by winning against better teams and winning on the road. But you can't lose to Phoenix. You can't lose at what they're 0-3, I think, against Atlanta this year. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, those are the ones that we're going to look back at and just say, like, what the hell happened with this team? This, this could not happen for a playoff team. And you know, it doesn't look like it's going to be a playoff team. So I guess you do lose those games. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and look, this could get ugly real quick. I mean, they have Golden State coming up on Wednesday at home. Then they on a back-to-back, they go to Houston and face the Rockets. Then they play Brooklyn, who's one of the hottest teams in the NBA, and is playing really well um, on Saturday at home. That's Those are three tough games. If they lose all three, which, again, they're going to be underdogs probably in each one of them, they're going to be 10 games under. And that's just – and then and after that, you have Charlotte on the road. It's just – this could go – this could turn sideways, if it hasn't already, really quickly. They need they need some a win here over Golden State or Houston. Um, one of those wins and then beat Brooklyn on Saturday, maybe they kind of – uh, turn things around a little bit, but man, if they lose all three of these, which is again is possible, um, to be ten games under this late in the season, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah, it's particularly discouraging too. I think considering uh, you know they didn't, they were on a still like before these last two games, they had lost like I don't know seven of ten or something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but. They had played kind of well on that last West Coast trip, and yeah, I mean, like they weren't getting wins, but they played well against Philly even the first game after the break. Um, So you figure if you just play like that against Detroit, if you play like that against Phoenix, even if you play like that against Brooklyn in next week, then those are games you should win. But it just has not. There's not been any consistency from day to day, and. Um, obviously, no Justice Winslow these last two games seems like it's it's really hurt yeah. too. Pretty good case for the for the Justice stands out there, I think. Yeah, and I actually had a had a number that I tweeted out a couple of days ago. I I, I kind of knew this, but I didn't know how much uh, of an edgy had over everyone else on the team. Justice is a plus ninety four this season, best on the best on the Heat. The second yeah. place guy is Kelly Olynyk, uh, plus twenty nine. Like that—that that is a pretty telling number that this team. Yeah, and Kelly has not played consistent minutes necessarily either. So that, that is not plus twenty-nine is not—it's a little misleading itself. Right. So ju- just a plus ninety-four. I mean, the Heat have been outscored by hundred and fifty-five points when Justice is not playing. They've outscored teams by ninety-four when he is playing. Like with him not being there, you know, I know this team is deep and they have other guys, but I think it's really hurt. Um, it's really hurt uh, on both ends not having him. And I think the hope is that he'll be available maybe tomorrow. They think it's a short-term issue, but who knows? And then, you know, from there you come back, you might not be 100% yet. You might not be able to play uh, regular minutes. So that that's really been a kind of a painful blow for this team during this important stretch. Um, so now moving forward with this team, like you said, the schedule doesn't necessarily line up at all these next couple of games. No. Um, 
getting justice back will help, but you know, you, you were there yesterday, you were there Saturday. What, what, what's kind of the vibe now around this team? Do, do you feel like it's different than it had been? You know, they've had stretches like this, you know, um, early in the year, they were, had a horrible start to the year and managed to turn it around by playing well. How does it feel right now compared to uh, early in the year for this team? Think? I think they're just. Search- I think they're searching for answers. I don't. I, I sense a high level of frustration with players yesterday. Jo- Josh Richardson was uncharacteristically snippy with the media. Um, asked them about the foul on Devin Booker late in the game when he kind of gambled. It was a really costly foul that ended up probably costing the Heat the game. And he said, "You know, the game was decided on more than one play." Next question. You never want to address it. And I get it. You know that it's. <laughs> You know, 10 minutes after the game ends, someone asks you about that that mistake, and you, you don't want to talk about it. But he was he was upset. Um, players are upset. It was a very quiet locker room. Dwayne was his usual. He tried to keep things into perspective, but he's like, hey, look, you know, we are who we are, and we can't just turn on and turn off. That's not the type of, t- type of team we are. Um, and I think he gets it. He understands that, like you said, the margin for error with this team is very small. And... They don't have they don't they can't mess around and I and I think he gets it but as far as Spolstra he's staying positive as you can imagine you yeah. know he, he said he said he still sees good things happening with this team and I think before this these last two games against Detroit and Phoenix I think he was right there were they, the Heat were playing better um, the results weren't going their way but they were playing a lot of tough teams and they were playing them well like Philadelphia on the West Coast trip when they beat Portland they played. Golden State very tough. They were playing better basketball, but these last two games have clearly been a setback, um, especially defensively. They have not played well on defense. I thought it was interesting. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write this probably later today. But he brought up, look, you know, I've been part of a team and a coaching staff that was counted out before, and we made up five games basically in three weeks to the end of the year. That team he's talking about was the 0304 Heat team when Dwayne Wade was a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, that team was 25 and 36 on March 2. They were 11 games under. They ended the season on a 17 and 4 run to earn home court advantage in the first round of playoffs. They beat the Hornets in the first round, lost to the Pacers in a tough series in the second round. But again, you know, yes, it's possible. That team had Dwayne Wade. Yeah. This team has Dwayne Wade, technically, but yeah. But, <laughs> I don't see 17 and 4 for this team. Uh, no. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, and and that team played. They played a good amount of home games on the stretch. I know this Heat team does too. But I know I understand the comparison, and I understand Spolstra has to continue to keep kind of this keep this thing, you know, looking possible for this roster. So they have, so they don't, they're not, you know, they don't, they don't just pack it in. But it's just I, I don't I don't see seventeen and four. Can they still make the playoffs? Yes, but um, just right now things are just. I just think they're searching for answers. They, I don't know if they know why why this is happening right now. You know, because again, we asked them and they said, "Why why are you losing at home? Why are you losing to Phoenix?" They can't explain it. So, and I think that's the most frustrating part. Yeah. Um, so, should we start thinking uh, tank? Is that the, is that the only proper course of action for this team? I know people have wanted it all year. Uh, I, that's all I'm getting. I, Ask her questions today, and all I get is uh, <laughs> videos of tanks running through cities and cars. So I think that's what everyone's interested at this point. And, I, and again, I get it. Like, it doesn't even if this team makes the playoffs, it doesn't seem likely that they're going to win a first round series. 
Take um, Milwaukee. They might not win a first round game. They might not win a game, and if they do, they might just win one. So, and I understand, I understand fans who just say, "Look, it's not worth it. We might as well get a better draft pick." But I just don't think this team is going to do that. They're going to. It might. It might. It might naturally tank. It might happen organically because they're just they're just not playing well. But I don't think they're going to purposely tank. But David, I know that you. I love college basketball. If, if our listeners don't know, David Wilson is a big college basketball fan. He knows more college basketball than pretty much anybody I know. So in your eyes, do you think that it's worth the heat? Is, is the difference basically of four or five picks if they make the playoffs and if they don't make the playoffs? Is it worth it in this draft? I think if, you know it, the the problem really is that the Heat are not gonna have one of the five worst records or whatever. You know, like there's five horrible teams that they they can't catch, and I think this draft basically falls off pretty hard after number three. I don't think I'm have a unique opinion there, but I think most people agree that Zion, R.J. Barrett, and John Morant, a point guard from Murray State, are a pretty clear top three in this draft, and then. It drops off, you know, a lot of people can't like Cam Reddish from um, the other Duke freshman, one of the other Duke freshmen, they got four that could go in the lottery. Um, Derek Culver from Texas Tech is a guy who's going to get in some buzz. Uh, Keldon Johnson from Kentucky. I, I personally think after that top three, the good thing for the Heat is that DeAndre Hunter currently, who's probably my fourth favorite guy in the lottery, is like projected middle lottery, essentially. Um and I think he's a guy, you know, play a bunch of different positions at forward at Virginia who kind of carries that offense a lot. He's one of the, like, few guys who can kind of create a shout out of nothing on that team. Um, and they always have a great defense, and he's kind of the anchor of that defense. Um, but, yeah, I think for the for the Heat, if you can't get into that top three or four, um, then there's not a – I mean, obviously there's a huge difference because maybe you get a chance to take the guy you prefer – but I think people are going to have a lot of differing opinions, basically, on who is best after that top three. Um, so it's it's hard to like justify, I think, tanking for anything more than you know. If you have the eighth worst record rather than the eleventh, you do have better odds to get into that top three. And that's if you can get into that top three, then you're getting a guy who has a chance to be you know a perennial All Star, I think, in this draft. So that's the the one way, I guess, to kind of. Think about it, but like you said, this team is not going to tank. It's not in their identity, and and in a way, I do still think it would be good potentially for them to make the playoffs. If you think there's not much of a difference between like 11 and 15 in the draft, particularly because then you have, you know, if they make the playoffs, one, you're probably getting some great Dwayne Wade moments along the way, and just as a fan, that's fun to watch. Um, but two, we just talked about. You know, Justice has clearly been the difference maker for this team. If they make the playoffs, it's going to be basically because of him. And if your young guy is even in the, a bad bottom of the East, if you have a young guy who is essentially willing a team into the playoffs, it's a good kind of growing uh, yeah, moment for, sure. for a player like that who's trying to, you know, hope hopes he's the organization basically hopes he's a year or two away from being an all star type guy. So if that happens then that's you know gets him kind of on the map um kind of proves that this growth he's had this year is is pointing towards something so tank if you want but it's it's hard to see you know you're really just hoping you get into that top three um i guess we'll we'll get maybe in march madness we'll do right the odds aren't great the odds aren't great maybe in march madness we'll we'll do an episode where we uh 
all watch where we watch the first round games and then come <laughs> on and talk about the five guys who think the Heat should take in the lottery that aren't in Zion. Yeah. Like, it might be it might be a little early now, but um, <laughs> the way things are going, it might be there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but again, like to your point about the playoffs, I agree with you. I think. Yes, again, the the chance of them making a playoff run are very 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 low. But if you can showcase some of these guys on a big stage like the playoffs, and Justice has a good series, a really good series, or Josh Richardson or Bam, I mean, it don't, you know, it only hope helps their trade value and value around. I mean, the- if Kelly like goes off in the first round, yeah. series, like he did when he was in Boston against Washington, like. And he becomes a movable asset going into those last couple of years of his contract, potentially. Exactly. It's that that's better than this team just losing, you know, twenty of their last twenty three games and <laughs> going into the offseason. Nobody wants any of these players. So yeah. and then getting think, the seventh pick in the draft or whatever. Getting, yeah, like, yeah, getting the eighth, uh, seventh or eighth pick in the draft, and getting a guy who's like only marginally better than you would have gotten at, you know, fifteen or something like that. Yeah. So, I I, I just. I think this team still needs to try to make the playoffs for for all the reasons that we mentioned. But looking at that, I was going to want to go over this real quick before we end this. Um, all the sites that kind of have systems to predict playoff odds, of, you know, teams' chances of making the postseason, do not like the Heat chances, even though they're a game half out. Five thirty eight has the Heat at a thirteen percent chance of making the playoffs at this point. Uh, they have them finishing with a thirty five and forty seven record. Uh, ESPN's power index has the Heat with a 19.1% chance of making the playoffs and finishing with a 36 and 46 record. Um, and a lot of that has to do not only with the way the Heat are playing, but the Heat schedule, like we've talked about the last month or so, is pretty tough. Um, they have the, a based on opponents' winning percentage, uh, they have the seventh toughest remaining schedule. So. Again, with Golden State coming up, Houston coming up, like that's an example of just the Heat. The Heat aren't going to have it easy, and they just let an easy one slip away against the Suns on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I think that's basically the point that we've hopefully gotten across. Is yeah. they can beat these good teams, but then you got to beat the bad teams too if, if you want to make the playoffs. If you want to be a 500 team, um, the home. Sh- there's just been a lot of inexplicableness about this team. The, the bad home record. You you had a stat the other day that uh, you know no team is what finished with a below 500 home record and a above 500 road record. Is that the stat? It's, no team has finished with a winning road record while also finishing with a losing overall record. Yeah, Since and right now they're 500 on the road, I think, and have a horrible record at home. So. Yeah, they're they are. I'll look it up right now. They're they're fifteen and fifteen on the road and eleven and eighteen at home. Yeah. That's just that's crazy. It's like, inexplicable. I mean, you asked around a little bit the other night, wanted yeah. to maybe write something about it, and nobody has answers. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. Like, I don't know if I if someone asked me, like, how do you? I, I don't know. Like, that's <laughs> I. You just don't see that, and I can only search back to two thousand two, two thousand three season. And I could not find a team that was even close to having something like this. Like, usually a team's home record is at, like, five, at least five games better than their road record. And it's this is totally flipped. It's just, it's it's weird. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. So there's been a lot of inexplicable about this team, but maybe when you're uh, kind of, when there's not a lot of teams left in the league built like the Heat. So maybe that explains why this team is so inconsistent. Um, I think we can head out now, Anthony. Thanks for uh, coming on. 
on this uh, remote episode of the Heat Check podcast. Uh, anything anything left you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, no, just as usual, follow me at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, tweet all, I tweet all my stories, you know, observations from practice, games, all that. And always check out MiamiHerald.com. We'll have all coverage if you can bear reading it <laughs> <laughs> these days um, for the rest of the season. Even if it means no playoffs, 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 we're going to have stuff throughout the year, throughout the summer. So just just make sure to check out the site. Dwayne Wade content coming, of course, too. So yes, he's on that, he's on that block warpath right now. He's going for the Michael Jordan record. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, we said he needed to average one a game. I think he has four in three games since the break. So, so he's, he's on pace. It's yeah. a lot of being up. Yeah, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. I will not be covering the Heat very much these next two weeks. I'm up in Lakeland uh, for high school basketball state championships. Like I said, next week there there'll be some. Future NBA guys in in the house at the RP Funding Center. So if you want to see some maybe future Heat lottery picks, then uh, I'm your guy. Um, thanks as always he, for listening. Uh, he, fans, he fans might be more interested in your stuff, David, than mine. Yeah, this exactly. Point. Vernon Carey, he's <laughs> a top five recruit. So uh, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.